podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, people, and welcome to episode 414 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello. And... Ian Loring, hello. And we we have the most bastards of bastards show you can get. What do we have? We have reviews of Malignant, a 90s-style giallo from James Wan, and... We have Joe Carnahan's latest offering, Cop Shop, which stars Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo. This is this is just getting bastardy bastards, isn't it? Is Malignant that Jello? It's got Jello leanings, I think, for I sure. Think it horror's more from J Horror with the with the actual baddie. Maybe, yeah. Oh, we'll get into that. I mean, we'll get into it, but the baddie's all dressed in leather and got leather gloves on. That's some Giallo shit through and through. I know, but the backwardsy. La 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 la. la. Don't say prime fucking review content. I mean, I for a preamble. Okay. For okay. an intro. All right. Jesus. All right, happy. boss. Yeah. Fucking hell. I think you've run a tight ship on my episodes. It's fucking salty today, isn't it? Okay, everything. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do we have? We have just what we've been watching, which is bits. We have some trailers, I think, maybe. We have one or two. Two. Definitely two. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're a, we're a pod syndicate podcast. Uh, other pod syndicate shows include The Rewatch Project, uh, Chin Shrocker vs. Prunter, his film, her movie, The Iron Sequel, Entertainment Landfill, and other bits and bats and bobs. Can I ask a favour? What? Stop staring directly into my soul. I hate <laughs> it when people look me in the eye when they talk to me. Uh, yeah. Or at me, or near me, which is what you're doing right now. So you hate it when I look at you? No, if you're talking <laughs> to me, it's not so bad. But like, if you're talking to the podcast while staring into my eyes, it's a bit freaky because you're too animated as it is. Well, fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, yeah, so so that's what we've got in store for y'all. Uh, Ian, what's been happening in the news this week? So, um, I think this is just funny, but people... I woke up this morning to people being fucking furious that um, the apparently the post credits bit in Venom 2 has been spoiled. Fucking fuming they were. Um, it is funny. That, being spoiled. No. So literally. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically there was a fan first screening of Venom last night, I believe in London. And um of, you know, obviously people were talking about how like how much they liked it. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, of course it's gonna have fucking positive word if it's a fan's first screening. But then I saw some journalists like saying, Why can't I talk about Venom assuming that I may have already seen it and have signed something? And it's like, because you're a critic, not a fan, why the fuck do you think? Like, why is that even a question? Um uh, are they really going to want the buzz to be the fans love it? The critics probably think it's a one out of five. Um, but it just, I, you know, it, it, the, the whole fever around post-credit scenes and mid-credit scenes, it's all film anticipation for a lot of people at the moment seems to be more about well what are they going to tease for the one after the one i haven't watched yet 
Yeah, it, it, it is. It's a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's it is. It's like people are wanting already to know what the next one is. Yeah. What's gonna What's gonna happen in Venom Three? What, have you seen Venom Two yet? No, but I want to know what's gonna happen in the third one. It's. I I, I just get the feeling that 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 maybe post credits things have kind of just run my fucking. Yeah, I'm a little bit like kind of done with them. Um, it's it was fun with the Marvel w- ones because uh, that's what kind of reignited the idea of a post credits was mm. was the Marvel films, and I kind of got it. Mm. There was an idea that because we already we already had a, like a slate of you know from from what Iron Man two we already pretty much knew where these movies were going for the next few years, so yeah. There was almost like a, you know, coming soon on MCU <laughs> of it all. There was there was that element. They were they were teasers for that. But then when other films started jumping in on a bandwagon to it, or even when Marvel themselves started running out of ideas for it, mm. um, that it kind of feels like that it it should be there should be kind of like a. Uh, 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 right, we're not going to do it anymore. Mm. You know, it's having to when the credits come up on a movie nowadays, go go fuck, and to quickly Google, yeah, shit, is there a post credits? And then to sit there and go, but do I care that much? That's it. I, I don't really get the point. Just have it as. Just have it as like a, a a final scene. Don't have it. I, the idea is that people are what going to sit through the credits and and read everyone's fucking name. I mean, that's it, not what happens. Yeah. If anyone turns around and says, "Oh, it's to give you know the chance, the opportunity to all these names and to be there and for people to see it rather than something that you leave for," it. it I, I, I'm sorry, that just doesn't wash with me. It, it, it just it just doesn't wash no, with me. No. Um. It's. If people want to stay and watch all of the credits of Mimi, by all means, do. Um, but even I don't believe that even the most hardened of film workers stays and watches the credits for every single film. No. You know, and sits there and goes, ooh, I wonder who the Carpenter 3 was in this. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's that. And there are a lot of people who are very important who make food films. And that I don't was, that was some great there. carpentry yeah. for, the, uh, for the Alaska scenes. I really want to know who was on that set. Yeah. It, it, the, there's just that. I, I get the element of, of now you have credits are a difference to what they used to be. You don't just have it, the film doesn't finish, then you don't just start getting the scrolling credits. You get some visual element with, with credits and everything like mm. that. And you almost get a, a pre-credits credits. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Candyman. There. Go go, 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 go your mid-credits there. Or if you, if you want to do something interesting with your credits, yeah. fair enough there. But to have that mid-bit and then to have another bit for it literally to be a character literally just fucking turning a light out or some shit like that, it just feels a little bit like, oh, piss off. Yeah. You're trolling us now. Yeah. I, I read about a thing about a, 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 I think it was one of the picture houses um, had actually started putting up posters uh, for the screening as you went in that just said whether it had a post credits or not. Good idea. And it's not a terrible idea. No. But then does it, 
I don't know. They're, they're such an oddity, uh, but they, I, I do feel a little bit like they've kind of outstayed their welcome now. They have, yeah. It's so fucking annoying. Even mm. when you know there's one, and it's supposedly a really good one, it's still fucking annoying having to sit there for... <laughs> I, 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 three hours waiting for the fucking credits to scroll i don't mind it but we, we've literally had it where we've been sat there waiting for credits and the people who work at the cinema have come in and started cleaning up yeah around us and that's not me criticizing the people at the cinema some of the times they have an amazingly quick turnaround mm. on these things and they have to clean up an awful lot of shit that fucking knobheads have thrown around or just left what is it so it very much isn't a criticism of, of cinema workers i want that to be known there but it's just um yeah, I just I don't know why I can't bother with it anymore. No. Yeah, I, I just I'm not that bothered about sitting and waiting for the for the for the credit. I I don't know. It it's just it's more the people are so bothered about that and not about the films themselves. I you know said before I'm, I personally i'm in a bit of a dark place when it comes to the future of cinema not because of covid but because of shit like this you know um half expecting the power of the dog to have a fucking post-credit sequence at, at this point for uh the next chapter in the jane campion verse um i don't know benedict cumberbatch comes across a piano on by the beach or some shit i don't know but yeah i i, I Anyway, more positive news, or just news that is nice. Christopher Nolan set up his next film. Yep. And uh, he's been swinging his big dick about. Everybody wanted to guzzle on the Nolan cock. And who's guzzling on it? Universal. Um, Hollywood Reporter put out something today. Uh, so it had been confirmed a couple of days back that Universal had basically won... Uh, Nolan's next film, which is going to uh, be about uh, Oppenheimer. Um, I hope Cillian this is more universally liked. Boom. 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 Like um, like that. It was funny. I liked it. Ian liked it. Yeah. Um, so the Hollywood Reporter reported that his demands were basically a hundred day theatrical window. um which is brilliant uh 100 million dollar budget same again in advertising um there were some other fucking caveats as well uh no other universal movie can be released within three weeks of it three weeks before or after fucking amazing like why why is it before as well i thought it was just after i I think it's before and after like is nolan particularly is he that bothered if Despicable Me 4 comes out a few weeks before or after his film about fucking Oppenheimer? It's... I I fucking love Christopher Nolan, but there is a part of me that just goes, mate, fuck it, just chill out. But... I, it, I get the feeling with those demands that he sat there and said them all. And it's kind of been like a, right, I'll go OTT and then I've got more room to fucking haggle with. And they've just gone, yep. And he's gone, wow. Yeah, I, it just, wow. Yeah. And he's it, it, turned around uh, to, <laughs> to ever, ever, and, gone, and gone, holy shit, we got it all. What, including the 78 toasters? Yeah, we've got 78 fucking toasters turning <laughs> up. I just, I put that in as a joke and they said yes. 
But I mean, like the theatrical window thing, I absolutely, 100 days is fucking insane in this day and age. Um, I kind but, of respect it because obviously he thinks it's just going to play and play and play, but is it? But but then again, in this day and age, it is, but in in three years' time or two years' time, the movie comes out, there's a possibility that that, that, that 100 days is about standard again. Yeah, that's what. There is zero chance of that happening mark there is literally there is zero chance of that happening i think you'll be surprised at how quickly when things calm down how things start to slide back to a a, a version of normality 45 days mate it'll be like it's 45 days that 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 like end of that, that, that I, I, will... I, I, I just think that that will slide back as as things calm down it's just i what, just think why? that it will <laughs> in why huh? though i mean like in pvod because... Because why not? Because the studios won't make as much money that way. Well, studios might make, might end up making more money out of it because cinemas might just have that. They're already starting to see a bounce back. And the, the, the only way, mad. But the only way that would happen is if films play and play and play and play and play and play, and that doesn't happen. You know, both culturally and just in the economics of cinemas. That that doesn't happen. A film it depends on the, the it mind. depends on the film. Yeah, but you're, you're saying you're saying that like it could become the standard. I get with Nolan with like an no, event. I, I mean for but... for the massive movies. I'm not meaning every movie, but for like whatever fucking iteration of fucking thing Marvel are putting out or, or things like this. That yeah, it's probably going to be a slightly elongated by a by maybe fucking 10 days but i think that some of them will go back to 90 days i don't think we're gonna get whatever in three years two three years time whatever fucking i don't think black panther for instance is two is going to come out on the fucking first of january and by the 15th of fucking february it's available on premium vod i i i i would disagree with that it it would be Right, I mean, Shang-Chi will be on some sort of PVOD service by the end of October. Yeah, because that's the world we're in at the moment. I think what we're getting at is long term, isn't it? I I just, with PVOD, the studios are able to make more, they're able to make more money as a slice of the pie. When films come out in the cinema the studio has more of the money at first and then that goes down in favour of the exhibitors as the weeks go on. That's how it works. What, what Whereas in here is, is the whole, for years, um, studios have, have essentially denigrated the idea of uh, home video sales, yet they still put out dozens of versions of movies and what is that? And that money is seen as being it doesn't count yet premium vod and they're not actually releasing a lot of the time what is it and the, what the premium vod numbers are and then with the jungle cruise one for instance there was somebody said ah when disney released the numbers for that they were including the um the money from new subscribers as well that first month of a new subscriber within that if that person then watched um jungle cruise what so they're just assuming that someone's subscribed specifically for jungle cruise yes 
And it was, it's that. It's the, I don't know, I just, I, 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 I don't share the fucking doom and gloom thing of cinema. I it, just don't. To be clear, it's not doom and gloom. 45 days is a fucking happy place. It means that the cinemas get the exclusivity. Films can remain the um, the big cultural thing of you've got to go somewhere to see this. But then six weeks after, people can watch it at home and the studios can make, make money that way as well. It keeps the exhibitors happy. It keeps the studios happy. It keeps film relevant as a force. So I'm I'm not saying to be clear I'm not saying this is a doom and gloom this is not me going cinema is dead for once it's it, I, I, it, it's the, the realistics of the economics now that the dam has been broken and also now that a lot of these studios have their own platforms on which to hold this content if they didn't have that like back in the home video day I get it because they didn't really control that now the studios dictate the flow the studios have the power the exhibitors don't. The only thing is the studios know that they need the exhibitors to make the films seem like big deals. You know, it's like you, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard got announced as the uh, director of a female led reboot of Flight of the Navigator today. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's Disney Plus. Right. OK, then. And I'm just instantly not as bothered. Like, it, it, and I, I, you know, just instantly because it doesn't feel as much of an event. It just feels like content which is going to be on Disney Plus. Which is, which it, is what that, that, that kind of is, to be honest. I just yeah, think that I, just, I, I don't I something about the ambition as well. But, but I, sorry, I do think there's going to be films where that 45-day thing isn't going to sit for them, and, and they'll look at it and go, right, we're going to need a little bit longer. And it'll, um, it, it'll just... I, just I, I, I disagree. They can play in cinemas and be on PVOD after six weeks if they're going to run and run and run. But we're talking gives... about globally, premium VOD. Sorry? Are we talking about globally or are we talking about just in the US? Um, I mean, I, 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 you know... Because, for instance, markets that, now... markets that operate similarly to the US, I'm not going to... Uh, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm an expert on how Russia releases their content or something no, like talking, that. I, but... I, for instance, Candyman comes out on premium VOD in the US... Uh, yeah. on Friday. Yeah. But he doesn't come out over here. No, because they agreed a 45-day window over here. Yeah. But so did that's it, what I'm saying. For, well, 45 days. Well, that's fair enough. I just, I, I think that it's going to be, Nolan's clearly, I mean, the 100-day thing is, is excessive because it's 10 days longer than the usual 90 days they used to have. But I just think that it's, it, it, this movie's going to be a good few years away. Mm. And, and what's Bond? Is Bond set for the 45 days? It's universal, so yeah. Or even though... Oh, what is it? No, it's 30 days if if it only reaches a certain like opening weekend and then 45 days if it is. Or is it 45 days and 60? It's one or t'other. But basically, Bond is out on September the 30th you will be able to get that either PVOD streaming or whatever. You will be able to see that at home legally in December, like early December. Surely then, though, they're, they're just damaging their... 
Well, no, I suppose because they're playing on the fact that the majority of people will have seen it by then, that they'll have made the bulk of their dollar and they're hedging their bets that that tail end of the dollar that they would have made in the cinema is is going to be... Yeah, but who's going to buy it for their dad for Christmas if, you know, that their dad can just watch it on PVOD? Well, PVOD is, is, is buying it. I know, but it's not something you can give as a Christmas gift. Well, I, 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 it'll, it'll probably be available to buy them by then. On, it, on it, yeah, it'll probably be available to buy. I mean, you... Yeah. Um, uh, Black Widow came out this week. When did that come out? That was July, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It? Or was it? I was, uh, that was one Cruella. Of states that never happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cruella came out end of May. That's right. Black Widow came out. I want to say like July the seventh or July the 9th. Black Widow is now available on physical media from this Monday, and it's the so that would have been the thirteenth of September. You were talking two months, and it it's available physically. They could easily have no time to die out on physical media ready to give to your dad at christmas which would be their plan it makes sense that yeah and but i mean because and again this is the thing it's like cinemas could well say no do you know what yeah we'd still like to play no time to die universal will be like well fuck it why not if they want to play it you know we've made the bulk of our money if they want to like get get some money from the handful of people who still want to see it at this point fucking brilliant but hey we're also on pvod we're on physical media for the fucking Christmas buying season. You know, it, it, for me, I think it's one of the key reasons why they haven't pushed it past September the 30th is because, you know, they, they, they want not that. a they loss want, lead that's going to do great. But if things were worse, it would almost be a loss leader in the cinema. So then you could have it out to, if, uh, at Christmas for people to buy. Oh, yeah, they, they, they definitely timed it so that they can have it out for Christmas for people to buy because it'll be... Because it is, a, it's a, excuse me, it's a big dad present. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so this is the thing: we're 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 entering this not exactly hybrid world of releasing, but you will see a lot of films playing in cinemas a cup for a couple of months, which will also be available at home. But cinemas will uh, will play them if they're popular and if, if if they're still drawing people in. No, yeah, that's. I mean, I think what's it um, is still playing fast. And furious he's still playing view uh, of you um cinema i think yeah and, and you, and, 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 you can rent that fucker for 15.99 yeah why space jam still showing yeah and space jam that. is on pvod was space jam on premium vod straight away no was it not no okay now this uh, so, I mean, you showing <laughs> Hell yeah! No, I'm gonna go see that at the weekend. Looking I'm forward to that. I'm fucking Ghost in the Shell on IMAX. Yeah, IMAX baby. Shit, that's what I wanted to go see. Thank you for reminding me. I think I'm gonna go see Ghost in the Shell this weekend. Yeah, we might do that as well. Yeah, we might do that as well. Like that's gonna be fucking badass. I am tempted to try and go and see uh, Cockroach Orange as well, but weirdly. Movie confession that I might get fucking slated for. I don't think it's that good, no. No, I mean, like, it, it, um, oh shit, that reminds me. Mark, little bit of admin. Um, I can't do the Casino Royale commentary at one o'clock on Sunday. Um, so, you know, I took, you know, I had to get Lottie's iPad repaired on Sunday. Yes. I've got to get it repaired for another thing this Sunday. 
Fair enough. <laughs> so I'm ever so sorry because I just remembered we said one o'clock. I am literally going to the Apple Store at twelve twenty, and I've got a twelve fifty showing a Clockwork Orange. That's fine. We'll, 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 we'll work something out. Yeah, we'll work it. Like fucking patrons, like we're coming, uh, like coming in hot. <laughs> yeah, we're doing Fuck exactly me. what we said we wouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, coming in hot. But so I mean, it, 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 like I say, I'm not, I'm not being doom and gloom, and I. I like the fact that the the fear of our film's going to be events anymore, for me, has dissipated. Um, I, but I, yeah, think, yeah, I think what this is the yeah. way. I think Nolan is being a little. I, I actually, I honestly think Nolan is being a little bit too precious. And also, twenty percent of the first dollar gross for fucking hell. I, I, I genuinely do think that that he went in with these demands. I mean, also as well. We're taking into account that a reporter thing has put out these demands, so they might not be a hundred percent. But the, also, the, the, the Hollywood Reporter the will have its sources. It's not going to be fucking publishing this shit if it uh, if if there's no smoke there. I I would suggest. But but also as well, I do think that he's gone in saying things and they've gone yep, and then they've gone away and he's gone <laughs> wow. I did not expect. I should ask for more. <laughs> it is fucking. Cra- the thing is, it is a massive old swing, and if this one doesn't work, it, then Nate's film he's not going to be able to do on his own terms. This one, this one hangs, I think, on the casting, mm-hmm. and that that's where it's going to hang. And yeah, that's, that's, what, yeah. that's what Nolan can, can get is the casting. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see who he casts. Um we'll see how it goes. Trailers? Mm. There's there's been a couple, hasn't there? So I'm trying to get the trailers thing open. So what have we had? What have we had this week trailers wise? Um interesting. Uh new trailer for West Side Story came out today. Yes. Um, which um, I noticed on the trailer and on the new poster, there's no credits block. No. And it's like, okay, you don't want to you don't want to spotlight Ansel Elgort, but what about the rest of them? Yeah. Poor it, fuckers. It, it, it is a little bit like that. It is also, it, it's like I think within the trailer, the new trailer, Ansel Elgort literally, you can hear him speak once. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The fact that he's in it when it comes out, though, is are they? <laughs> like, he's literally the main character, or one of the two main characters. Yeah, it's the trailer-wise. It's it, it, it looks it, big and epic. It fucking it looks like it's been like it's just such a fucking. Like I, I, I'm just gonna say this, and I know it's bullshit, but it looks like um, it's been shot on an iPhone with the ultra wide lens, and it, it doesn't. But that's the thing that it says to me, and it's like it's funny because like they, they did the new iPhone launch yesterday with this cinematic mode. Did you did you guys see this at all? Right. So no, fair enough. Like so basically they've got this cinematic mode and they had Catherine Bigelow talking about it and uh how it was gonna fucking change cinema, which is you know, it's the usual the usual uh, uh Apple hyperbole. Yeah. But it's like I was I was watching it and it's like 
they do this thing where like if two faces are in uh are in the shot it kind of like through machine learning will fucking focus on one of them and and it can do like shifting focus between people which is pretty fucking mad and um it's doing it through computational stuff so it's not going to look good as actually like actually doing it with lenses but and it like and then i watched this and it was just like this kind of has an air of that to it and i i i don't know i don't know what it is um but it but the shot composition looks fucking amazing um i it looks it looks great it looks like yes i will watch this two weeks before christmas yeah, it, it, it looks incredibly rich. Rich is the... F- that's the word. It, that's it, the word. Just, it just... I, I, I watch it going, I hope it's two and a half hours long. And it, it just... It, I hope it's as good as every ingredient suggests it could be. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's Spielberg having just a bit of... There's an element, I think, with this of, of, of epic hubris from Spielberg. Of going at any point in the past 30 years, Spielberg could have remade West Side Story. Mm. And it would have, you would have been okay with it. It wasn't like he needed to wait for the fucking technology to catch up or anything like that. No. Or he needed to wait until his star was at a certain fucking level that he could get away with making it. It's not that. If anything, his his star has not has not waned, but it's not quite not quite as bright. Yeah, he's you know he's he's one of the statesmen. And he, he the thing about Spielberg is he he's been a statesman for for a long 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 time mm. of cinema. But it's kind of almost like he's gone, do you know what? I'm going to do West Side Story, not because I think it's for this or anything like that, just because I fucking want to. Because <laughs> I think I can do a really fucking bang-up fucking job with it. I've got an idea. And I've got a thing with some things with Spielberg. He's been doing films, not recently, but there's a period where he seemed to be doing stuff just because it was time to do a new Spielberg movie. Mm. And this just feels a little bit more like, he's doing this for a reason and you see it and go that looks fucking wow it looks fucking beautiful yeah i just hope it works yep yep and it should do yeah it all should do um what else have we got trailer wise um I think there's only one other, isn't there? Another biggie. Uh, well, yeah. To be honest, it's it's been pretty low on the ground. What what are you referring to? Matrix. Oh fuck! Yeah, we didn't talk about that last week, did we? Christ! Yeah. It was the day after we recorded, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. Oh god, yeah, it was. We got Nightmare Alley tomorrow, so I'll probably forget that we didn't talk about <laughs> that this week, next week. So uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mm. Um, I watched this trailer a few times, and I, I I liked it more at the end than I did at the beginning. But I am a little reticent, just in terms of like how uh, are people just feeling the 
um uh, the the kind of like the comfort it, it, with with the the world that we've lived in the last 18 months and whatnot is a bunch of stuff that's just going to get fucking endorphins going because you recognize this you know it it feels familiar and comfortable about it um i so i am wary there a rumored plot that i read sounded fucking fascinating um but it was room it is basically like uh the keanu reeves character in the matrix in this world was the creator of the mate like the matrix the pop culture entity essentially and the matrix as like as the 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 matrix the film and all the, the stuff around it actually exists in this simulation but then it actually turns out that the matrix the, like the matrix is real <laughs> i mean that would be quite interesting there are there are shots where there are shots of the matrix being projected behind the characters yeah it's i i'm i enjoyed the trailer but i'm kind of almost a little bit like as the trailer, I was watching the trailer, I was reminded of the fact that I like The Matrix. I think it's a fun movie. Um, but the sequels are absolute garbage. I'm interested to see with the maturity that will come with the amount of time that has passed between then and now, what they do with. It's, it essentially looks like a little bit of a mini reboot for, mm. the, for the world. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what they do with it. I've watched this trailer like four or five times. I'm very much on board for this. Uh, you say maturity. Wasn't that a Wachowski last movie? Oh, Wachowski. That's, that's, it's just Lana Wachowski yeah. that's making this one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, wasn't the last movie Jupiter Ascending? Point, is it? Uh, but but I, I do think that Keanu Reeves wouldn't have gone back to this no. had there not been something interesting there to fucking do. Mm. Yeah. I, I think he would have gone... I think he would have maybe gone. I'll do it, but I won't be central to it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I, I, you know, I owe you one, so I will crop up. I will turn up for two days and set, and you can have me for that. But I don't want to be the main character, and that would have got it to be the essential of. Well, no, there's no fucking point then. Um, but I'm intrigued. I'm very much at the point of where if there's a trailer two, I'm probably not going to watch it. Mm. It's kind of like, do you know what? I was gonna watch it anyway. Why? I don't need to. I don't need to see what's going yeah, on, yeah. but I am interested in some of the elements of it. There's a moment where like someone fires a rocket at him and he just swings it out of the way, and I'm kind of like, ah, that could be quite fun if he literally just he doesn't. I, I was worried that he might have to relearn all this shit, and I was like, I've already seen this. I don't want to see it again. Yeah. But I kind of like the idea that he's just like, nah, I can fucking do this. And I'm all happy with this being the one. There's also that bit where he's in the bath with a rubber ducky on his head. Yes. I enjoy that. I, I did enjoy so, seeing somebody had taken that and taking it as the, as a rubber duck was in the bath and the sad Keanu meme was sat on Aww. top of the rubber duck. Oh, and that made wow. chuckle an awful, awful lot. Um, do you guys know about the, the, what... I, I've been reading up on this weirdly a lot considering I was ambivalent on the trailer, but the rubber duck thing... 
is apparently a reference to rubber duck debug- debugging, where um, to solve problems in code, uh, a programmer recommended carrying around a, a rubber duck, and then as you're debugging the code, basically forcing themselves to explain it line by line to the duck <laughs> oh, right and then that that in in describing what the code is supposed to do and observing what it actually does any incongruity between these two becomes apparent and honest to god i used that in work this week and it worked <laughs> i was um i i i, I, I like fucking i'm not going to bore you with the details but i was looking at some html um and trying to figure out why why it was breaking and i didn't have a rubber duck but i was talking to kiki and i was like so then the the p tag there um oh the p tag there doesn't have a forward slash before it hang on a second yeah so that's what and it was like fuck that actually worked. Talking out loud, yeah. Like, but like, literally, just exp- and the thing is, I'd been going on at Kiki, and she was wrapped, like she was like looking at me, just like tell me more. Um, for like, and I was explaining this to Kiki through like a like a couple paragraphs of code, and then <laughs> and then just came across it. It was like, fuck me, that actually worked, and it wouldn't. It was weird because it. Like it wouldn't work if I was talking to myself through it, but by talking, Kiki's not an inanimate object, but it's an object that doesn't really understand and will just listen to anything I'm saying. Um, and 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 yeah, it worked. So um, it, again, it, it seems like that that is a reference to that, and it seems like there's just going to be a lot of like very geeky references like that throughout this and. I am game. And if, if I can watch The Matrix and it gives me some inspiration to help me with work problems, then that's a bonus. I mean, I I, I, I do that. But it's explaining things to myself. But then I answer myself. So, <laughs> so that's that, the thing. That's that me. didn't work. But talking to Kiki did. It's very odd. Very odd. Any more trailers? No? Right. Oh, we finally saw Spencer. Or I finally saw Spencer because we were trapped in a cinema with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've seen that trailer. Yeah. I refuse to watch it, didn't I? Yeah, why not? I'm just really hoping it's like really trans like transgressive and like just fucking blows shit apart. It won't, but I'm hoping it does. And makes the royals look really fucking bad. There is one scene in it. There's one shot in that trailer that I think actually falls into what you're just saying there. Mm. When she pulls the curtains and the curtains are actually tacked together with staples. Mm. It's the ridiculousness of... Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, she made a fucking choice. She married into it, so... How much sympathy can you really have? I have very little sympathy, but... um, but that's me. So. Um, comes out uh, start of November. Dispenser. Kind of thought they might be holding that for like January, February time, but November fifth. Yeah, it so. just seemed like they're 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 they're, they're not. I I thought it would have got a January, February time, but I mm. think they're just kind of wanting to 
well, like awards debate kind. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I think they they just I think they're looking at it going. Do you know what? Yeah. If we release it in November, Kristen Stewart might still get. We're probably still going to get her nomination for actress, but we are. We don't think this is going to get picture or anything like that anywhere. Yeah. Um. So, first feature review. Uh, oh, little bit of on-air admin. Um, we're not doing the Patreon pick uh, mm. this week. Uh, because what you realised is with the way that we release the shows, because we try and get a show to, out to you guys every week, is that by the time we put the show out and then we'd um, had the poll out and bits like that, um, that we were often getting like maybe maximum of three days uh, yeah. to watch, watch the movie. Um, and, you know, some weeks it was fine and we were doing that. But other weeks, it, you know, in some weeks, it might we might just not have time because of, of plans and bits like that. So what we thought we'd do is we'd skip a week, um, and then we're always a week ahead of ourselves, and it just it, it gives us a little bit more breathing room with these things. So we are all going to have to choose a Patreon pick by the I end of the show. Uh, I've already got mine as well. Ian, have you picked yours? Yeah. Should we do it now? Well, let's do it now. I just need to make sure that I'm going to say the title of mine right. <laughs> um, that doesn't sound. Good. It is. I, I, I just thought, fuck it, is this the right title? Um, so we'll do that in a second. But last week, Ian didn't win. And and mine actually got a vote this time. Wow. I know. Big perverts, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> uh, so what won, Becky? Mine won. Yes. So we're going to watch Lost Highway. Yay. Um, so what's, what, what's, what's your pick for next week, Becky? The Red Shoes. Wow. Just fucking... Swinging a fucking three-hour fucking film right out yeah, there. Yeah, fuck it. Got it on Blu-ray. Saw it the other day when I was like clearing up. Ian, Ian right, Ian right now his brain is he's folding because he's thinking the Criterion 4K comes out for this soon. <laughs> I don't want to watch it before then. <laughs> Make him watch it in low definition, everyone. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> was I correct there, Ian? No, I mean it's a point. It's a point. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, you're right. They did announce that today. That's not why I picked it. It's just one of my favourite films. Ian, what's yours? Don't look now. Oh, nice red theme there. Yeah, yeah I feel like changing mine. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> well, as always. Oh God. I'm cl- lowering the tone. I'm gonna class up this fucking joint. <laughs> fucking what? What is it? Showdown in Little Tokyo. <laughs> Yeah, vote for that, guys. Fuck yeah. Becky's choice. That is. Well, it stars Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. Oh I'll give you a little a, a quick synopsis, Becky. Two helicopters with opposing views on what is the best way to uphold the law have to work together to bring down the accuser while trying to protect a beautiful woman. Oh, who's the beautiful woman? Is it fucking Sharon Stone? No, it's Tia Carrera. Yeah. Yeah. What? Now... <laughs> I bring the class to this fucking joint, yeah? yeah. Yeah. There's. Uh, Ian, have you ever seen Showdown in Little Tokyo? No. <laughs> there is a line in the movie that if if this does win, and I, I know I'm, I'm almost pitching <laughs> my, my thing now. If this does win, patrons don't want news of you, man. That I, that I guarantee, Ian will guffaw at like a motherfucker and probably clap at a certain line in this movie. Sweet. Yeah. Um, right. Did you 
you just genuinely use the word guffaw? I did use the word guffaw because I think it is the most is the best word to use within that he will go for um malignant is the latest james wan offering uh he also wrote it with uh someone called akela cooper and ingrid bisu um who does it star stars uh, annabella wallace uh, maddie henson george young and other people uh, and ingrid bisu and Ingrid Bisu is in it. Yes, she is. She, she is. Uh, and Zoe uh, Bell is in there as well. She is, yeah. yeah. With a mullet. With a mullet. Yeah. Yeah. She's not great at getting herself cast in good roles, is she, when she doesn't have a cutie sat on her shoulder? Well, anyway. What does IMDb say the plot is? <laughs> Madison is paralysed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers these waking dreams are, in fact, terrifying realities. Whoa. Yes. Yes. We'll get into what actually the plot is uh, as we go further into the movie, uh, because as always, IMDb is way off the bat with that one. Um, Ian, yeah. Malignant, <laughs> were you expecting as just <laughs> as just batshit? Um, why the fuck notary? Um, that James Wan delivers with this this tasty treat. So yeah, um, I got increasingly excited during the day on Friday as people go in to see like do, like in the workday showings were coming out of it and just going like, fuck it out. <laughs> so I I was very very excited and um, you know you're watching it and it the first what like 45 minutes or so maybe are like okay this is this is what the trailer was selling um and then i started thinking some fucking weird old shit happening here where the score starts directly referencing where is my mind um i'm glad you said that because I noticed that and I thought and I mentioned it to Bex and Bex noticed it as well but I've known, I've seen nobody else mention it the where is my mind bit within the within the score but nobody else referenced it I thought shit have I just have I just kind of like imagined that a little bit it, it's gotta be it's gotta it, be credited it it because it, 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 it very much is there isn't it yeah hang on let me just yeah where is my mind malignant is a google search so at least that uh malignant Oh, my God. Den of Geek have done an article. Malignant's Where Is My Mind song as a famous Hollywood legacy. Yeah, it does. Um, fuck me. Um, yeah. Yes, that was Where Is My Mind playing throughout the score for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. OK. Um, so. Yeah, I was like, right, OK, something something is happening here then. That, well, actually, to be fair, no, I'm going to go back. I started going something is happening here in the opening credits where the acting is so fucking overblown that it felt to me like this is like an English language dub on an on an Italian horror film. Yes. Like, and instantly I was in a good mood. And then the opening credits happen and you've just got Joseph Bashara's score just rocking the fuck out. And it's what, OK, what is happening here? 
Um, and you know, it's got this weird, this weird tonal shit that's happening in the start, where it's like proper domestic violence shit at the start. Um, uh, which is like just really quite harrowing. Um, and then it, and then it goes into the kind of like the the kind of haunted housey kind of stuff of the trailer. And then where is my mind starts. And then the fucking cuckoo bananas sequence where Gabriel is being chased by the cop and Gabriel just has superpowers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just it, it gets increasingly demented until it comes to that reveal, which from that point on, I had a fucking smile basically as wide as my face for the like under my mask for the entire rest of the runtime. I was so happy watching fucking everything that was happening on screen. I cannot fucking tell you how much of a high I was on after coming out of Malignant. Just the sheer fuck, like, James Wan has gone, all right, Warner Brothers, I'm going to make Aquaman and his wet, damp kingdom for you. First off, you're going to do something for me. You're going to give me the money to make this film, which is probably going to make fuck all <laughs> and has made fuck all. Um, and, and, and I'm just going to do me and then I'll, I'll knock out another billion dollar grocer for you. And for this to be James Wan's blank check, is some fucking chef's kiss shit. Yes, there are there are probably problems with Malignant. I don't care. It will be in my top ten at the end of the year, maybe even top five. I fucking loved it. Becky, Malignant is very much your wheelhouse, isn't it? Yes. Um, so, I think with Malignant, it seems to be that the the batshittery of the last kind of like 25 minutes is where it will lose you or raise you. It will either go steep down or steep up. Will you steep down or steep up? Oh, steep up. Absolutely. It's Hell yeah. absolutely glorious, this film. Just the sheer glee with which this movie has been made. Um, it just comes across on screen. It's It's been made by very clearly someone who is a massive horror fan and that comes across it's just made so like lovingly to to the genre um but yeah you're kind of you're watching it and you're like I, 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 I think the twist is an actual legitimate twist as well the reveal it, it it's not really one that you would necessarily predict that he's like literally living in her skull yeah. You know, it's it's so fucking out there that it's like, whoa, okay, that's why her head kept bleeding every time she had these visions then. Yeah, fair play. Fair enough. Like, you can point to all the signs once you know, mm. but you wouldn't necessarily guess that because it's fucking bonkers. But it's amazing for that. I love that. Yeah, it's... it's... I I like the fact that in an age and James Wan has been I think we've said it before on the podcast uh, he's a very important 
filmmaker. Mm, mm. Um, you know, not just in horror, but in general, I I, I, I would count it if you said most important filmmakers of the past 20 years. Mm. Um, I, I think that you, you, you could make a strong argument that, that James Wan would have to be within the, the five or ten there mm. for the way that um, that he's helped reshape horror and where horror has gone since then. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's, you know, you, but you've got a lot of these um, filmmakers who come out with uh, and studios who do the annoying, I'm going to do bunny ears, which is terrible for podcasting, but the prestige horror. I'm glad that James Wan has gone, like you say to you, when his blank check one has gone, nah, fuck it. Let's make something fucking <laughs> mental. Let's, let, let's yeah. take all of the mad bits from fucking 70s Jello, late 90s uh, J-horror, and even an element of 80s studio horror, and let's make this. Mm. Fuck it. Bang. There you go. And it's malignant. And it is bonkers. It's mm. silly. It's stupid. But, but, the key element of it all is for people who like all of those movies, all those types of movies, it's fun. Yeah. It's an awful lot of fun. It's not making you sit mm. through two hours of misery where you come out of it and go, well, I don't know if that was supposed to be funny or it was supposed to be not because the director's hedged their bets on it mm. so that they can fall either way depending on what people say. That's it. I mean, there's definitely... And there, and there is good prestige horror. There is, yeah. Um, as, alongside the bad prestige horror like Midsummer. Um, but it's, it's everyone's now saying, "Oh, it was a comedy all along." Well, you weren't fucking saying that when it was released. Yeah, but you know, you they're generally not an awful lot of fun. Even if they're good, they're not really usually fun. Your prestige horror movies. Whereas this is just a fucking ball. It's a it's a midnight movie. Yeah. Of, of that, it's mm. but it looks mm. good. Um, and um, Annabelle Wallace is a really charming screen presence yeah. um, to, to have around there. Um, you've got the, you know, it, it, it is. I was quite shocked at how the the domestic abuse bit started at the start, and thought, right, well, this is a bit, this is a bit more serious than I was expecting. Uh, and was worried, oh shit, is this going to be the tone of the whole thing going through? Is it just going to be a little bit of a yeah, but, you know, and there's, there's been some great horror films that have been uh, essentially been allegories of of these things. You know, The Night House was one, mm. for instance, great fucking film. Um, and you know, but it, it, it's quite heavy to watch. Yeah, weighty. Uh, yeah, but very very good. Whereas this is just fun. Yeah, it's just and when you've got. Um, very much enjoyed when he got his neck snap. Who? The husband. Oh yeah, that was that was, that was great. It wasn't a normal neck snap either, though, was it? It was a neck snapping off to the side, and you can see past uh, the twist. spinal column. Twisty yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it was it was like Gabriel went, I'm gonna pull his head off. Oh wait, ah oh, shit, it the wrong way. Ah fuck it. <laughs> Same end. So I forgot that I'm behind myself. My arms are behind me. Ah fuck. The movements of. of 
Gabriel as well would yeah. like so fucking creepy. I, I, I love that. I love the fact that it doesn't add up at all. But I kind of like that, that it doesn't add up. And why did he have all that strength? It doesn't make sense. But like, I just like it. And then the fact don't that when she care, just don't care, it so over it's just, been my body all along. Yeah, it's, it's like, they, they, what? You're well fucking strong. <laughs> I don't, that you makes just, no sense. You just never notice. <laughs> It's like, why don't you kick it I just, out? I like as well at the end where that shit's, um, is it, is it on her sister? And she's like trying to lift it up. And she's like, I can't do it. And the sister's like, well, you fucking could before. And it's like, oh yeah, I could, couldn't I? The thing is, everybody in it is, seems to have the right tone mm. of it. So the guy who, um, who plays the detective. Yeah. He's... He's straddling where you're looking and going. If he tilts either way, he's going to be too serious or too mm. heavy. But he manages to just run a good line yeah. right the way fucking through it. That oh, just makes good. And the chase scene is great. Yeah, I love as well how you're watching it. Um, when Gabriel comes out in the, the prison cell, kicks the shit out of everyone. Um, and then like running away and stuff. And you're like. All right, fair enough, the hair kind of covers it, but, like, how did people not notice that Gabriel had, like, a literal whole human face on the back of his head? And then he gets his coat back and the collar's really high and you're like, fucking thought of that, didn't you? Yeah. But you don't get a chance to put it on properly, so you still kind of see it. <laughs> um, just to say on the on the detective, um, I'll, I'll be absolutely honest, I very badly wanted to uh, see him and the sister fuck because they were two good-looking people. Yes, they, they, uh, they just, were. I just had to say that. I, I, what I will say is, when he first introduced himself, and he introduced and he said, "I'm Detective um, Kokoa Shaw. and he says it as all one word. Yeah. And he, I, I was watching, going, he almost seems confused about his own name, like, <laughs> like he's just been told it by James Wan. He's gone. It's, it's what? I don't know what that means. It's, are you sure? <laughs> And then for a good while, I was going, what's his name again? And then I realised that it was it was his full name, not just his first name. Or his surname. Or his surname. Yeah. But yeah, it was, oh, it's an absolute fucking blast, is Malignant. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very much needed as well. I needed a new fun horror to look forward to rewatching and to add into like the collection that's in my brain. Yeah. Um, uh, I, 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 sorry. Sorry. Like fair fucking play to the marketing as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, because the po- the posters have been quite stylish, but the marketing and I bet it was James Wan basically going, "Don't you fucking dare put in anything after the first hour. Yeah. Don't you dare. Don't tease it or anything. No. No. Just." This is going to be what it's going to be. And fuck you. Yeah, because you, you get the feeling like that, like at some point, if, if it hadn't been James Wan, if this had been like a second or third film for a filmmaker, mm. that in the trailer at some point, there'd have been a, a, a turnaround of the head from Gabriel and a, a shot where you could see a little bit of face yeah. that, that, that people could go, that's it. Mm. Well, it's that, isn't it? Yeah, that's what's yeah. going on. Um, but like you said, there wasn't 
past like minute 45 to 50, there's nothing. Um, yeah, an, an absolute blast. Uh, a very, very heavy, definitely not shit. I'm very, very happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking definitely not shit. Hell, hell yeah. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. So um, I watched Casino Royale, but um, obviously Mark and I will uh, touch on that for uh, the Patreons. Um, so I watched, um, I don't know why, but I watched Ocean's 13. Um, it was on Netflix and it was like, it's the one I've only seen once. And uh, I was like, well, I'm not going to be watching Ocean's 11 and 12 anytime soon. So fuck it. I may as well. I may as well stick it on. And Ocean's 13 is just one of the lowest energy. Yeah. Just existing purely on vibes. Couple of hours. I think I've ever seen. There, there I, is I so... you asked Al Pacino uh, about his experience with with Ocean's 13, I reckon he'd say, I can't remember if I saw that. And then you'd have to go, you were in it, Al. Yeah. Like, was I? <laughs> but no, this this is it. It is, and in a way, I think it was kind of the point, but it was so fucking lightweight. And, you know, Ocean's 12, people derided Ocean's 12. And it, it's like, that film is interesting. I don't know whether it's good, but it's interesting. Um. I rewatched it a couple of years ago, and it's it, it's interesting but boring at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, it's like Soderbergh was like going for 
like trying to do something different than what you'd expect from the from a sequel to Ocean's Eleven, where you know it has got a caper and whatnot, but it's also playing with form and function. Ocean's Thirteen is the exact opposite of that. It's almost like right, you don't want me actually trying, so I am gonna do the fucking the lowest bar to entry film where um there is barely any tension in it whatsoever you never it's basically they set it up and then you watch al pacino just have a really bad day yeah um ellen barkin uh, and the ellen barkin uh, subplot uh would uh not exist now um so i mean like for those who who haven't seen it or or don't know essentially her she is al pacino's right hand person who matt damon is basically sent to distract by essentially spraying pheromones at her until all she wants to do is fuck matt damon and then he's basically just delaying it and but oh uh matt damon also has the brody which is a nose that looks like Adrian Brody's yeah. to disguise himself with. It's, yeah, I mean, George Clooney and Brad Pitt, they have these kinds of, com- like, these conversations, you just catch them halfway through where they're talking about, like, it, their troubles with, with their ladies who are not in this film. Um, and then the other characters, it's, it's weird because it's two hours long, and yet it feels like barely any of the characters get any screen time um bernie mac probably gets three lines um carl reiner maybe like half a dozen uh shubo quinn i think i think is how you pronounce his name it is basically just there as a as a distraction the entire time and it's like there's quite a, a, a fun little bit where casey affleck goes too far in instigating a riot in a fucking factory in mexico um, but then that bit kind of like just disappears after the first half. It's it's very odd because like you say, Mark, I, I reckon Al Pacino would probably forget he was in it. And yet he probably has the most screen time of anyone in the entire fucking film. Yeah, it does seem like like it was difficult to get them all together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, it just it felt like a exercise by uh, an exercise by steven soderbergh in how do i make the most like two and a half three star film ever made where you know there's nothing necessarily egregiously shit about it but my god i I watched it on monday i'll have forgotten it by friday and it's wednesday now so not exactly a recommend but like i say i can't say i hated it yeah, in one in one eye out the other, which you can't say about Ocean's Eleven and Twelve. But like I say, I almost think Soderbergh just uh, thought that was the point. Yeah, so, yeah. I think, I think there's definitely an element of that with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, watched Jurassic Park. Um, tried watching it with Lottie. She was kind of kind of in and out. Um, but I mean, Jurassic Park absolutely rips. But I, I I've I've said my piece on Jurassic Park quite a lot on the show in the past. So, um. Last one for me this week. Um, I rewatched Onward. All right. Becky, you ready? Go on. Onward's all right. It's a good film. 
Good film. Did you cry? No, but good film. It is a good film. You know, it's not Wolf Walkers, but it's better than Soul. Um, Most things are. Yeah, yeah. It's better than Soul. Um, You know, I I, I think it's quite charming. Um, You know, the stuff at the end with like when it when like the realization it's actually Barley who need who needs to see the dad and whatnot, and you know Ian's realization that. Like Barley oh, basically a dad to him was the father figure all along was very you know very nicely done you know like they, it 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 ties up that thread quite quite well actually so yeah I um I think I probably was a little bit too sniffy about it at the time um you know I'm not gonna say it wasn't my favorite animated film of last year it just it wasn't but um. I, I, it was definitely my favourite Pixar film of last year. I'll fucking say that. So, yeah, no, fair, fair, you know, fair play. Onward, good film. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. Bex. I haven't watched anything on my own. I've watched an awful lot of American Horror Story. Well, fuck you. Uh, I, but I haven't watched anything on my own either, so I can't really talk. Well, then, what are you fucking whining to me for? <laughs> what? We haven't finished that. We can't do that one. We've seen it a billion times. We've got twenty minutes left of it. Can't remember how it ends. Uh, no, just mention it next week. Come on now. Uh, okay, so we watched Mystery Men because we were looking for something kind of dumb to watch fairly late. Yes. Um, it definitely fits that bill. Yes. But it's fun though. It's fun in kind of a Austin Powers, but not kind of quite as shit way. Same year, a couple of years after Austin Powers, I believe it's the same year as the sequel, maybe? Ben Stiller is not good in it, though. Everyone else is fine around him. Janine Groffler. Why did you just do a mark? Yeah. No, Groffler. Garo, I, I believe it's Garo Fallow. Garo Fallow, then. He's, he's fucking great in it. So it's better that I would have said Janine the Groffler, so... I mean, wow. Um, William H. Macy's great in it as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just really good, like don't really need to use your brain kind of fun, isn't it? No. You, you hate it. I hate it. Really. I've seen it before, and I, I I remember actually quite liking it, and then I watched it here and realised no, this is an absolute turgid piece of shit. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's only entertaining itself. Um. It is Ben Stiller doing the most Ben Stiller of Ben Stiller performances. Yeah, Ben Stiller is crap in it. Um, He's got Tom Waits in it though, Mark. Tom Waits is the only watchable bit of it. Janine Garofalo is terrible. She's not. It is awful. She's just her. Yeah. And the problem is, she's good when she's a character. Uh. She's not good when she's her. Um, Paul Rubens, who I normally really like in everything, is, is just... Yeah, I could have done with his superpower not being that he can just fart oh, real good. Yeah. Uh, then it is a 1999 movie. It, it's a late 90s fucking... If you're going to cast Lena Olin in it, actually utilise the fact that she's mental. And it's been that weird period where Jeffrey Rush was like fucking... was really bankable and was getting <laughs> cast in like blockbusters for that weird amount of time. Didn't he turn out to be problematic? No. I don't think it is. No. Is no. it just because he was in that movie about that one problematic guy? 
Quills. Yeah. Play the Marquis Yeah, yeah, the Marquis Yeah, Quills is actually quite a fun movie, to be fair. Uh, yeah, I did not get on with this. It's an absolute mess of a film oh, that people fun. will say is good because they think that it's it, it's got a cultishness to it, and it's not. It's just boring. I thought it was fun. It's just boring. Yeah, do you know what's Do you know what's not boring? Do you know what's really not boring? What's not boring, Becky? Two guns. Two guns is not boring. Oh yeah, good call. Good call. Two guns is 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 one of the most entertaining buddy comedies of the past decade. I mean, I don't think I'd necessarily go quite that far. I would. I would. It, it contains the only Spencer we give a shit about. Oh. What? You really want the sequel, don't you? I really want the Spencer Confidential sequel, yes. <laughs> but I've spoken about two words before on the podcast, Becky, so you can speak about it for a little bit. There's not, there's not much to there's say. There's a lot to say. No, not really. It's just... It's just very action-y. But it's fun. The the, the, the buddy element of it makes it... Um, yeah, I did I did really enjoy it because it was first watch for me. And I, I've kind of been a bit like, nah, do I really need to see this movie? I'm not super keen on Mark Wahlberg. Blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. Denzel Washington carries it, though. He carries it, yeah. He carries it. Mm. He, 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 he lays up the assist for Mark Wahlberg to mm. score the goal. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just a really fun movie it's it's this movie Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg in a buddy comedy shouldn't work as well as this movie makes it work they're patterned between each other they both seem like they're having an awful lot of fun they do seem like they're having an awful lot of fun um, and and laughing throughout yeah um, literally during scenes with each other they're laughing at Mm. each other yeah which yeah, it gives it a nice vibe. It was it was around that time when when Wahlberg was having a bit of a a purple patch with things like this and Shooter, um, where he he'd got into a bit of a mojo uh, with it. Where I think he was he was riding a bit of a crystal wave, but hadn't wasn't in that thing where he started taking himself a little bit too seriously again, uh, or was taking himself not too not seriously enough. Whichever one, whichever balance there is fucking there. Yeah. It's that weirdness of him, of Mark Wahlberg. My favourite Mark Wahlberg performance is, and always will be, that Saturday Night Live sketch. I I, I, I do think Mark Wahlberg has the capacity to be a comedic genius without actually ever noticing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just very, I don't know, it's a weird one because he's, it's not a, he's, not a bad looking dude up to about the neck but then from there down he just seems a bit doughy for someone who wants to do action movies i mean i would say that 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 matt, that matt Wobbuck is, is is pretty much not doughy i would say he's quite i think he just looks I don't, I don't know if he's, if he's boxy he's quite boxy his head's boxy. a bit round <laughs> so his head's a bit rounder in this than i would say in something like pain and gain yeah it just, it just which is a great movie <laughs> Great movie, yeah. Like oh, yeah. A few too many donuts for this one. Well, donuts do play a part of them in the movie, they don't do. they? they? Yes. Do. Yeah. I'm doing too much winking and eating donuts and not enough training. Yeah. Um... <laughs> uh, and then we also watch randomly. Yeah, this was a weird one. This is a weird one. Yeah. 
We watched the Netflix documentary Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal and Greed. Yeah, we did. What? <laughs> so, so, it's a documentary about, it's not really about the life of Bob Ross, is it? It, it, it kind of it has a little bit of that for the first I would say 25 minutes half an hour about sort of how Bob Ross got started in the uh, um, of getting on being becoming on on PBS mm. um, and what was this this show again called again Joy of Painting Joy of Painting that's it and, and getting onto that and how how he, he developed the the style and all of the businesses that went on behind that. But the main thing of the documentary is about how essentially the business partners that he was involved with screwed him the fuck over and his family over. Well, it isn't, it isn't, though, is it? The thing is, I think it, it was a perfectly serviceable watch for us mm. as two Brits that don't, aren't really super familiar with Bob Ross. He's not yeah. been a part of our cultural lexicon he's in the same Tony way. Hart. He's not Tony Hart. Or um what's his name? Neil Buchanan. Yeah. Do you remember that big rumour for years that Neil Buchanan was Banksy? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It was a proper rumour that Neil Buchanan was Banksy. Wow. I'm kind of upset that he's not. <laughs> I said, what was what was it was heartbeat wasn't it heartbeat yeah Tony Hart one yeah I fucking loved heartbeat yeah with Morph yeah he's a cunt I don't like him didn't Morph go on to Art Attack after Tony Hart stopped no Morph had his own show called Morph right no Art Attack they did the 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 big Art Attacks didn't they yeah we like he turned like a bunch of fucking jeans into a picture of a golfer yeah 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 that's probably definitely what happened to be fair um, anyway, so yeah, so Bob Ross is not as much of a part of our culture as, no. it, as it is for Americans. So it was it was quite an interesting watch from that point of view because there's no base knowledge there that it's going to be going over again. Um, and it's definitely not one that you're not going to get elements of if you don't know. Mm. I think it's probably better if you don't know much. Because I don't think as somebody that is super familiar with Bob Ross, it would tell you an awful lot that isn't already out there because I think it does gloss over uh, it skims over everything so it skims over telling you about his life and it skims over telling you about what I, the Kowalskis did with the business in the background and it skims over like what the people that were involved with him it's it's just very surface but I found it interesting because I didn't really know anything about Bob Ross it is interesting that, the fact that that literally they keep saying we could we can't say this because people don't want to talk to us because the Kowalskis keep suing people. Yeah, yeah. See, I think that was probably more telling than if they'd had them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very litigious people. <laughs> yeah, and then literally them showing literally a, a, an email they sent to them basically saying we'll be keeping an eye on it and if we don't agree with any of it we'll sue you. Yeah, I suggest you be very careful in how you represent Bob Ross Incorporated. Um, yeah. Because you, you, you would imagine that Bob Ross's son, who was also on the show a lot, would be quite a, a wealthy man by now. Mm. And he's really not, is he? No, because basically they've they've stolen the rights yeah, to, to, his name. to his name by threatening like his brother. But then what happened to that other 51%? Because that should have gone to him. Uh, the other 49%, sorry. 
So the brother wasn't even in a position no, 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 no. to sign over the rights to all of the naming rights. He would, should have only been able to sign over 51% of no, them. No, no, it's the decision was to sign it over fully. So because he owned 51%, he was the decision maker. He was the maker. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, like pressuring a man on his deathbed to sign over the rights to his fucking name, taking the son to court for trying to sell painting supplies with the name Steve Ross on it because Ross is in there. That's his literal fucking name. Yeah. And winning. And winning, God, yeah. That's dark. Absolutely it, bonkers. It is. It, that's the mad thing is it's kind of like, it, it, it starts off as a celebration of this guy's life and how mm. the, the Bob Ross that you see is the Bob Ross you got. It isn't that he had any dark secrets or anything like that or that he was in any way a, you know, a wrong in the background. He wasn't a Rolf Harris. Um, that he was just a quite nice guy who wanted really to help. Liked painting, but yeah. wanted everyone to realise that they could paint as well. Mm. Um, and like it, it goes through like the idea that he um, he took somebody else's style for how they did um, got paintings down into doing like big landscape paintings. Um, into like half an hour things. He didn't steal it from that guy. He just he worked with that guy. Yeah. And then that guy gave him his blessing to go and do the show. Yeah. So he did. Yeah. And it was, it, it's kind of, it's all of that. So. Yeah, you keep expecting it to be like. To tear down the, the, the yeah. guy and it to be an expose. And it's, it's just not. But you do, you do just kind of look at it and you think, oh yeah, Bob Ross, he's massive. Everyone fucking knows Bob Ross. His family will be well looked after. And it's just not the case. Yeah, it, 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 it's 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 very it was an interesting watch, but an mm. odd watch, I would say. Definitely an odd watch. Yeah. Uh, but worth watching. But I quite think. fun, actually. Well, not fun, but quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And not mm. that, I think for the for the main chunk of the movie where it's just about him and how he became Bob Ross, it is quite fun because he seems like quite a nice dude. It, it, it has made me want to go. Do you know what? I might I might see if any of these giant paintings are on YouTube because I bet they're really quite interesting to watch. I don't know. I bet it's like fucking taking a sleeping tablet. They're listening to that voice. It's very it's very prototype ASMR shit. It is. Yeah. 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 yeah you'd love it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I, I I am gonna I am gonna possibly watch some of those because they do look interesting. It is mad. You're not getting an easel and paintbrushes and paint that you will then never use. I might. All right, do you want to renovate some fucking guitars first? Touche. Got fucking dismembered carcasses of guitars all over our upstairs bedroom. (laughs) Touche. Maybe I'll paint that. Paint them with a landscape on back, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, because he didn't give himself cancer by playing with thinners. No, I don't think that's what gave him cancer. That's what they suggested. I don't think that was suggested, and I watched the same film. Mm. Um, right. Our next feature review. <laughs> <laughs> if the last one was very much in, in, in Becky and Ian's wheelhouse, this film is practically made for Mark. <laughs> Fucking right. Um, Cop Shop is the latest War Party films offering, uh, and an awful lot of other <laughs> production companies. <laughs> um, uh, written uh, and directed by Joe Carnahan, uh, and starring Gerard Butler, Frank Grillo, uh, Alexis Lauda, um, Toby Huss, and other people. Um, what is the IMDb of this? Oh, it's quite a big one. The chunky beast, that one. It's a, it is, yeah. It's a thick. It's, she's thick. Um, on the run from a lethal assassin, 
A wily con artist devises a scheme to hide out inside a small town police station. But when the hitman turns up at the precinct, an unsuspecting rookie cop finds herself caught in the crosshairs. I think the other bit, I'm not going to do all the other bit, because that's going to give too much away. Too much away. Um, Ian. Yes. Cop shop. Uh, A, are you surprised at how wide a release this movie has had? (laughs) And B... Were you surprised at how much fun it is, or did you not find it fun? Um, I yeah, no, I mean, I thought I, I, I thought it was all right. Um, yeah, I had a good time watching it. I mean, I I was a little surprised with 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 how wide the release was. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to look it up now. Um, cop shop, cop shop, cop shop. Come on, fucking thing. Um, come on. Uh, so yeah. 491 locations fucking hell um wow um and it took just under 200 grand so it was an average pair a pair screen average of 403 pound um, weird because our screening at um on, on tuesday at three o'clock was actually kind of busy well, so, we had an old couple sat behind us as well who were having a whale of a time with it i would say oh, we were really? the youngest people there yeah definitely so I, I, sorry. I just said, yeah, we, we, we were probably the youngest people there, which was quite cool. It was quite cool. I mean, I, I went 10 to 1 showing on a Sunday afternoon. There was like five of us. So, yeah, yeah. I, I It's a shame as well, because this kind of feels like the kind of thing that could have easily just been Netflix or Amazon Prime. And it was fun to see this kind of like low to mid budget thing with recognizable people, but not massive, 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 massive stars um, up on a big screen. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought that it outstayed its welcome. If I'm honest, um, it was a little bit too in of, well, who's really the good guy and who's really the bad guy um but i really liked alexis louder i thought she made a really strong impression um and kind of i think overwhelmed frank grillo a little bit if i'm honest what what i will say there is in all of the um like the, the the press that's been done for it and all of the bits that Frank Grillo and Joe Carner have, have done, both of them have very much said, no, Alexis Lauder is the fucking star of the show here. We we fucking, we looked out like motherfuckers when we cast this girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, 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 absolutely. It's like, if it was a film that was more widely seen, I think it would be a bit of a star maker. Yeah, um, Joe Carnahan has said, this girl is going to be a fucking superstar. She just needs the right vehicle to take her to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but no, I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed it. Um, I think I liked it more in the setup than kind of like how it paid off at the end. Um, Seems to be quite a, 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 a thing I'm seeing a lot about it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I don't think you're alone. Yeah, I, yeah, just like, as the cast gets less through the killing... Uh, yeah, I, I I think my enjoyment slightly waned. I mean, to, Toby, um, Toby, Toby Huss, uh, like he does a 
he's he's got a good line in just being a, a fucking psychopath, as Jared Butler actually calls him. And I, I, he's he's got some good moments. I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I really hope that Mark loved it because it is very, very, very Mark nip. And I, I, I have zero problems with that. Like solid, solid seven out of ten. Cool. Becky, you have a up and down with 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 Joe Carnahan, don't you? But I have a big old girly girl crush on Frank Rio, so you do have a big crush on Frank. But we all have a big crush on Frank Rio, yeah. don't we? Yes. Oh, the bit where he fucking takes his hair down in this, where he gets that when he gets out of the cell. As good as that. Um, I I I I do enjoy the fact that I just say this for ice question is the uh, the mock up that they had for when they were blowing him up and stuff like that for the dummy uh, Frank Greer um, that they had. Joe Carnahan kept on leaving that around places at uh, at Frank Greer's house. <laughs> um, so, like, he'd take it round to Frank Greer's house, um, like, in the night when <laughs> Frank Greer was asleep, and, like, set it up so he was sat on the table. <laughs> so when he came downstairs for breakfast, the Frank Greer fucking dummy <laughs> with all they in full costume with the hair and everything would be sat at the table and bits like that that's quite terrifying yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sorry i had to say that so so yeah so what what, what were your thoughts I, I fucking loved it it was great it was high octane it was it again much needed i think i think this is the kind of film that i need right now just like just like gleefully whatever they are they just need to be having fun with it and I think this one really is um I think Frank Rio's great in it I think Gerard Butler's great in it and I'm I'm a bit up and down on Gerard Butler but I think he's very good in this he produced as well didn't he and he wanted quite pivotal in getting it made uh he, he was War Party had it uh on but he was the thing that I think got it so that it could it could get a wider release. Yeah, yeah. He's got a producer credit as opposed to executive producer, so he ob- he obviously had some shit going on there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's I think that's a war party is um, Carnahan and Griot's production company, mm. um, and they've done a few films in the background, but they they need to continue doing it. They need a few like stars effectively mm. to help carry it because Griot very much is. Look, I, I, I'm never going to be able to sell a movie just on my own. I'd go see a film. I know you would, but like Boss Level, for instance, was a war party movie, and Boss Level was um, was premium VOD rather than... Boss Level it? should have been so much bigger than it was. It, I it, it, it was, Level. but I think if you'd have had Griot and uh, somebody else in it, you might have. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I thought, what's his name? Toby Huss, is it, did you say? Yes. He's very, very good. I always like Toby Huss and everything. The, is it is he, him that makes fun of Frank Grillo's man bun, isn't it? Yes! Yeah, did enjoy that. But yeah, he, he very much sells the being a psychopath. What's he call it? He calls it a crime against something. Um, And like, like you both said, Alexis Lauder is, is very, very good in it. And she holds her own against, you know, maybe not absolute fucking box office smashing stars, but people who are very good at what they do doing what they do very well she holds her own against them really well um what are you looking at um so yeah i think i think it's it's really really solid performances carrying 
a really, really good story with some really, really good action. Loads of people getting fucking shot. A tracheotomy. You know, what's what, what else do you need? Not a lot. I, yeah, I, I loved it. It's uh, It's got that fucking, that mid to late 70s... Um, mm. You know, part, you know, Assault on Precinct 13 obviously has yeah. to be one up there. But it's also got that playfulness of something like Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Not in terms of, like, the film it has, but just that we're just going to have a little bit of fun here mm. uh, element of, of of these sort of movies that you were getting in the 70s uh, from it. Uh, there, that is just, you've got these guys in these big situations just essentially having a, li- having a bit of a laugh. Yeah. You know, Gerard Butler is very much having a laugh with it um in the sense of, of, of how he gets in there and then him pacing up and down with what is it and then the the glee that he seems to get in um in essentially kind of almost murdering that the, the frat boy yeah. who is trying to um well, the frat, there's a frat boy the the, the post frat boy yeah, douchebag yeah. uh, that, that is there I, I thought was was quite amusing but then it also the thing that Carnahan manages to do is you're wanting Gerard Butler to beat the living shit out of that guy you're not maybe wanting him to murder him no. but you're wanting him to essentially take him down a peg or two he took it a little too far. And he takes it a little bit too far when he fucking punches him in the throat and crushes his windpipe. Yeah. yeah. But that's the that's the beauty of the of the movie where it gives you that, well, yeah, he's not the he's not your anti-hero. He's he's a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. Um and then you get Toby Hess, you've got that of, well, he's a bad dude as well. But he is quite fun to have around, it would appear, because you don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And then Frank Grillo's a dad bad dude. Yeah, and then you, you, and then you, you, it almost gets you that Frank Grillo is either come back, is he come back? Nah, he's just a prick. But, yeah, when he goes to the kitchen, you're like, oh, is he actually going to get it? But he's just set fire to it. But maybe he's got a plan. Oh, no, he's just going to get a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, then, but, but you know by that moment, she's fucking got out. Mm. she's got out and you also in the back of your mind as well you know butler in fucking dead no 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 way <laughs> I, I thought toby hush was gonna fucking come back even though he'd been shot in the face i i did think at some point that was like, <laughs> and i do think there was probably a consideration that that could happen it'd be quite amusing mm. uh for that uh yeah alexis louder is fantastic in it and the fact that they have clearly just gone how can we make her look cool as fuck yeah yeah, the the shot of her in these in the um the scarf in the scarf with the sunglasses with the sunglasses on, on like, that around. iconic shot. Yeah, um, it works well. But then she also as well is quite good at the she she can do the pattern. Mm. She gets some funny lines in it, but she also the fact that she seems to be the one who is together, yeah, and the competent yeah. one within the the precinct. Well, she, I mean, to be fair, she she looks out, really. Like, I think the other two that end up getting killed by Huber, they're probably fairly competent as well, the ones that come back, but they're just walking into a situation that they have no fucking knowledge of. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's just a cunt. Oh, yeah. What a wankbag he is. What a bag of dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, just the just the fucking casualness though that that Toby Huss shoots the the desk guy and then the two fucking other guys, the ambulance guys. 
yeah or ambo if you you know if you know you know um just like just fucking absolute disrespect for life that man shows is amazing um but you get some really good lines as well like the bit where he um goes to shoot her and he's out of bullets um and then the bit where he tries to shoot the door out once he's got some more bullets in his gun he's like yeah they're definitely bulletproof <laughs> but also him trying him try to convince him that they won't refuse to talk to Gerard Butler until he refers to him as Tony yeah <laughs> no it's 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 again a, a blast yeah it is it, it's just I'm just glad it was as fun as it was yeah um I'm so glad there was so many fucking trailers for it and that it got like out there. Yeah, I was starting to worry thinking, why are you showing me all these trailers for a movie that's evidently not going to be playing in the cinema? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're tickling my balls. You're gonna give me you're gonna give me cop shot blue balls. Cop blue balls. Uh, but it doesn't and I I I love the fact that I got to see a Joe Carnahan movie in the cinema. I think for the first time since the Grey. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Which is a decade ago. Wow. Uh, and I know he's only made a couple of movies, you know, Stretch and Bosley. He's not a he's not a prolific filmmaker. Yeah. Um but and some of this is I think and I think even um I think John Hatcan would probably admit this himself, some of this is down to him. <laughs> uh but I do think he's maybe one that fell by the wayside a little bit. Mm. Um, and I'm going to say, I think part of that is um, is because he was Tony Scott's boy. Mm. He was Tony Scott's protege. Yeah. And then Tony Scott's untimely death kind of, not that kind of back a little bit. Yeah. I think that there is an element of, of, of that. Um but I do think that, that to a slightly different element that, that extent, I think Carnahan is making films not quite movies that Tony Scott is making, but in a similar kind of fucking vein as that. Mm. Um, and it is still a fucking, it is a crying shame that we we never get any more Tony Scott movies anymore because Tony Scott. Left with the lesser Scott brother. Who's got two movies coming out like back to back, which I'm looking forward to both of them. Um, but yeah, it's I I it's a definitely not shit from me. Yeah, I had an absolute it. fucking blast with it. I'm quite tempted to go see it again at the cinema while it's still big and noisy, and you can hear all those fucking bone crunches. Yeah, I I I I, I could see. Yeah, I, I, if there wasn't an awful lot of other stuff that that I want to go and see at the moment, I could see me going back and seeing this. It's one of the things you want to go see, Candyman again. Maybe. No, but that I, want, I wouldn't mind going to see Clockwork Orange and I wouldn't mind going to see. I know, but I want to see if it's a different cinema experience. Okay. Uh, and I want to go and see uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, IMAX, man. I know. We'll have to sit really far away. I know, but I see, I've only seen Akira last year and then that, it, mm. it, it feels... It feels right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I've, I've long said, you know, that retro screenings are something I really enjoy. Mm. If we want to continue them happening, people have to go and see them, which oh, means in the shell's fucking I have to put my, my, my money where my balls are. Um, I mean, literally where your balls are. Yeah, just all around that just area. Yeah, yeah just tape to my gooch. Ew. What? Just a 20 tape to my gooch. 
Are you going notes for like the less weight situation? I, I might, I might, I might glue um, like two pound coins right. to, to my balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still need to go see Shang Chi. That went, that went in a place that we didn't expect. Yeah. Where are you with it, Nicky? Are you definitely not shit? Oh, definitely not shit. And it. Ian. Yeah, definitely not shit. It's good. Good, good, good time. Good time. I, I, I realised that, that I forgot to do our audience poll for *Malignant*. So our audience poll for *Malignant* was definitely not shit, sixty-seven percent. Mm. And touching cloth, thirty-three percent. Yeah, fair enough. I can see that. I'm surprised there's no geostorm for that. And then this, which makes me incredibly happy. <laughs> um, cop shop, definitely not shit. Eighty-six percent. Fuck yeah. Geostorm, fourteen percent. Nice. I just thank you, listeners, for that. That, that honestly <laughs> warmed my heart a little bit. <laughs> Um, questions. We have one question. Uh, Rick Kidd uh, at Rick J Kidd. As it's Tom Harry, I think he means Hardy. Uh, birthday. What are your favourite films and roles of his? Conversely, which of his films and roles do you hate? I love Bronson. The performance in Bronson, not necessarily the film. Oh, that's interesting. What? So you don't like the film Bronson? Okay. I, I just feel like the performance stands out more than the film. Oh, really? I love him in Inception, but that's because he gets to wear a suit in it and he looks damn hot. Fair play. He's pretty great in Inception, mind. Mm. That actually might be my answer. And the, the, the thing is, I think with Inception is that was the star maker for him. And he's not like the lead, what is it in it? But he's yeah. just that. He's even like... Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has commented uh, on it on uh, Instagram I think last year, sorry, Twitter last year, when it was like 10 years since uh, Inception, mm. where he was like, he basically said all the cast were like, this guy's fucking charismatic as fuck. I find Tom Hardy really confusing because he can rock up looking like Inception Tom Hardy, or he can rock up looking like fucking... Tinker Taylor, Tom Hardy, like he should be in a fucking BBC special. Like he's he's like a proper Hollywood star, hot as fuck Hollywood star when he wants to be, and then he's just some guy that works at the chippy when he wants to be as well, and it's just mental to me. He's a he. I like the fact that he very much is. He's a very much a character actor in the sense that he does that. Yeah. But every so often he can just turn oh, up and be a movie star. Fucking bag, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's very very interesting. I mean, I think. Performances I hate. I can't really think of any. The only film that I can think of that I hate that is in is Tinker Taylor. Because it's hmm. shit. I need to go back and rewatch Tinker Taylor because I didn't get on with it, but I oh. think I need to give it a rewatch. So boring. And it is, it is like a BBC special, that. It's shot. It's so ugly the way that it's shot. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But I, I, I would like to, to give it another go just to see. If I am, if I've been overly harsh. All right, I'll trade you a rewatch of Tinker Tailor for a foot rub. We'll see. <laughs> um, the thing is that there is there is the big ones, Inception, um, and uh, his Bane is very very good. Well, fuck you. Um, I also think he's, but then I think there's there's a few performances out there that are quite underrated for it. Um, I think he's a little bit underrated in The Revenant. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think probably. he's very fucking good in that. 
I think the drop will go on to be a a more well-regarded film as the years go by. Yeah. Um, oh God, I forgot about Capone. Yeah, she did. <laughs> wow. Um, Scrub that from my memory. But I think his best performance, I think, might actually be Warrior. Mm, he's very good in Warrior. Yeah, I think he's fucking great in Warrior. I think it, and it's a, it's a a great movie that has three standout lead performances. Yeah. And he's very, very good in it as just this pure rage of a character mm. for it. It's it's very... I mean, he's not not good in much, really, is he? No. He's not not good. So he's good in most things. I'm double negative. Right. right? Yeah, it, it, I okay. think what he does is always interesting. Mm. But occasionally he has missteps, like... For instance, Legend, the where he plays both Capone, uh, both um, Craze Brothers. Both Capones. Yeah, can I do that? Well, Capone then, was a misstep as well, wasn't it? Capone was a misstep, yeah. Um, but then he's a lot of fun in Venom. Yeah. And I like the fact that, that that literally the next Venom movie got made just because Tom Hardy really wanted it to get made and really likes it. And isn't he like a producer and a writer on it? He's got a story by credit on it. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is we all like most of his performances, but Tinker Tailor Soul just buys a piece of shit. I think you're uh, saying... I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, think, I, think I think we all agree on that. <laughs> what are we covering next week, Ian? <laughs> Fuck it, it's a slow old release week. It's weird. It's really weird. Um, so Gunpowder Milkshake is in some cinemas, but he's also on Sky. Yep. Um... Prisoners of the Ghostland comes out. I mean, they say it's coming out in cinemas. There's no, there's fucking nowhere I can find play in it. Um, so I think as a bare minimum, we'll probably have Gunpowder Milkshake, uh, and obviously we'll uh, we'll cover Lost Highway. But yeah, it's odd. I mean, like the the week after we've got. Oh, sorry, Bex. Same retro reviews of Ghost in the Shell and Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I actually don't know whether I'm going to get to Ghost in the Shell thinking about it. But um, yeah, Clockwork Orange might might be a go. We'll 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 see how we go. But um, it kind of feels like the countdown to Bond is already on by like distributors not fucking releasing anything around it. So uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But next week we got the Green Knight, so that's good. Woo! Oh God, yes, that's that's finally actually getting a release. Uh, right. We'll see how many that. fucking cinemas that plays in. I don't think it will be many. Yeah, that's that's it. It, it, it. It's how much of a release is actually getting. Could be quite, like you say, quite intriguing. Um, mm. Well, that was episode 414. Thank you very much for joining, Rebecca. Oh, thank you very much for hosting, Mark. And thank you very much for joining me, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Nice one. And thank you very much, listeners, for listening. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. We'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>